All right, everybody. Welcome. This is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read the book this week. Uh, I watched the movie and did some other research, but I didn't read this book. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. We're doing Lord of the Flies this week. Let's jump into it. Real quick here, Lord of the Flies. Uh, is a 1954 novel by Nobel Prize winning British author William Goldberg. Uh, Golding. False. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, you know, illiterate. Refer to the. It, it, I, see, I and mean, that's why I love it. Is anytime I mess up, just refer to the title. He's I got a pass. He's um, got a hard pass. Author William Golding. Uh, the book focuses on a group of British boys stranded on an uninhabited island and their disastrous attempt to govern themselves. Uh, fascinating. Uh, I love it. And this this idea, children governing themselves uh, and children turning on themselves, our children, society's children, seeing ourselves as, as children, that has been replicated throughout multiple mediums and different forms. So I did a little side studying this week. I, I looked at Battle Royale. I gave Evan a little homework. Looked at Battle Royale as a 2000 Japanese dystopian thriller film. It's often talked about as kind of the the parallel to Hunger Games. Um, so the precursor, you know, if, yeah, yeah, definitely the precursor. But uh, you know, when those movies were coming out, and people were saying, "Well, it's not brutal," and you know, it's not. Everybody was saying, "Go watch Battle Royale." Battle Royale is way more boots on the ground, raw, and making you deal with some more personal things so you know we can we can talk about all of those things all together with Lord of the to flies, of being the, flies. The, yeah the major but yeah taylor what uh what you got uh like you said 1954 did not do well at all when it first came out Three thousand copies in the first year Wah-wah. in the u.s and then went out of print but by 1962 it had sold over 50,000 copies that's almost a decade where it comes back into play. And now it's on all the hundred yeah. lists. If you're in the eighth grade, you've probably read it. Yeah, I don't know how I got I don't know how I got by and hadn't read this one actually. Now that looking back, I'm like surprised that this wasn't in my periphery yeah. somewhere. Well, it's one of those school. what they call a novel of ideas. So like Fahrenheit four fifty one, nineteen eighty four, yeah. Animal see, Farm, see, these kind of things. See, those are all the ones that I was into in when I was in high school. And this, and I'm just now like, why wasn't this in the mix? Yeah. This is what I was about. This is one that usually gets in the mix. Uh, takes place on an uninhabited island, as you said. Starts out kids wandering around. It's ambiguous what the conflict is that created this plane crash. They were in a plane that crashed on this island. But we can assume that it's some sort of atomic disaster, not directly related to real life of what happened but something either an atomic bomb was about to go off in england and so they were shuttling the kids off he doesn't really explain it but that's not the point of the thing it's a novel of ideas so it's more it's it's, the reason you would ever pick up this book in middle school to look over it is because it's heavily laden with symbolism and metaphor and themes and each of the characters representing a different facet of society and all of the objects that they're holding representing a different facet of allegorical metaphor yes absolutely i and, and it's some of some of my other research this week. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw this video. Um, uh, Lord of the Flies is stupid by Such Wow on YouTube. Now I just it, it's I think he's an eighth grader. <laughs> Why he didn't like this? this book. We have no idea. And, and I didn't listen to the whole thing. But right off the bat, he goes, "Why are these kids? They were in a plane crash and they're just wandering around on the beach. None of them are injured. 
none of them are de- like very distraught what's going but it sounds like the book being so metaphorical being so allegorical and i think yeah. it's 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 asking you to take that leap of being like uh, that is part of the metaphor of just like right. all the adults are gone the plane is gone but we are here or this is the not situation like jimmy you, is yeah. missing you know half cut in half like that's not what we're, we're talking about the interpersonal things how do we move on when there is no structure around us right and what do different people do the whole yeah it's like, so it's like take the reality out of it but you know i think you do have to before reading this book preface and that it is exploring themes and symbolism and you can't like you said take things at face value and if you look up a lot of the criticisms such as this youtube video by the eighth grader about <laughs> why it's okay, we'll put it in the email oh yes um, because he does bring up some good points if you were to just take it as, oh, this is a novel and here's the story and here's the plot and where's the character development. You have to let yourself go with it. Otherwise, you'll cr- critique and question to death. Well, that's not realistic. Well, the point isn't that it's realistic. The point is we got to get these characters in this situation so we can explore some philosophical, right. social ideas. It's probably people like kids that are growing up and reading this and understanding that are probably a little more likely to like probably like Oscar films or something like that, opposed to like the typical like Avengers movies coming out. You know, I don't, it's like being able to have things be metaphorical, just Mm -hmm. uh, being able to switch things out and and talk about things at an arm's distance. Um, Yeah. And this being kind of like the training wheels of, of how to, how to start building those literary and mm-hmm. narrative muscles. Yeah. So I'm going to, as I go through the plot, talk about some of these things and what they might symbolize and what they, what he's trying potentially to get across. But the reason it's studied so much is because it's open to interpretation and something might mean something different mm-hmm. than I got from it. Yeah. So deal with it. Well, we'll see this what, is what I, this, got from is, it. this is what I thought was important. And then I'll tell him how offensive that is. <laughs> and it will be certainly. <laughs> you shouldn't cut. think that. And you're wrong. That's me. Wrong. Uh, they, they crash on the plane. There's no, there's no adults, the setup for the whole thing. So what are these kids going to do? It's all boys also, which is kind of contentious historically. Now at the time, nobody gave a crap that it was all boys, but now it's like, why aren't there girls? Why isn't that part of society? What's going on? Um, and he has defended it by saying like, this is what I know to write about. I was a teacher at an all boys school. Right. I had brothers, like this is what I could create as a society. And he didn't want the sexual tensions and these other things that come into play when you have both groups in there figuring things out. So he's just like, I'm going to leave it at this. So you can take issue with that if you'd like. Personally, I was like, well, this is what he, I mean. Well, at least he has like a legitimate reason of being like, this is my background. This is what I can give. Also, historically in the time frame, you know, people weren't thinking about that kind of thing as far as like, oh, well, we need to have a, a diverse inclusive narrative. He was like, no, this is about British boys. Yeah. So is this, so I'm going to write about, about British, British boys. boys. Like it yeah. just, it, so. So yeah. there's no girls. It's, mm. it's young boys. They don't know each other. Like I said, the context of the story or the, the premise with which he goes about, it's some war that we don't know about. So he's flown them in or flown them away from England. So they don't know each other because they're just boys scattered from all over What's England. What's the crux of getting them together? Because they're mm-hmm. fleeing the country because there's a, a bomb that's about to go off or there's something. It's like save the women and children. Okay, okay. They're being flown away, but the plane crashes. So Ralph is where most of the perspective comes from. He's the main character. He's kind of like the good-natured kid who's kind of mean. They all have their own faults, but he's kind of sure. mean. But he becomes the de facto leader and chief. 
because he's quote unquote the wisest. Okay. The Tommy Pickles of the group, huh? Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to Rugrats this piece. Lead the I want to see the Lord of the Flies. Uh, I want to see the Rugrats Lord of the Flies episode. I bet there is one. Where they're all tribal. Oh, yeah, I yeah. bet. I'm almost certain there is now that I think about it. I wonder I wonder how many times this has been replicated in, in some sort of children's medium. Or it's like on The Simpsons. I know there's a yeah, lot of yeah. uh, references to it in music. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's one. Stephen King. If you know him, send him to us. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Stephen King. Love this. There's a portion oh, of I the bet island. He did. There's a <laughs> He's quoted all over the place. There's a portion of the he island. Had to chime in here. No, this is good. <laughs> in Lord of the Flies, uh, where the uh, part of the island is called Castle Rock. And so he uses that as a location often. And then Rob Reiner, who did Stand By Me, mm-hmm. his entertainment company is called Castle Rock Entertainment. Mm. So he's also... So that's where this that. all comes from, huh? Yeah, because Stephen King loves it. But... Look at that. Uh, so they, they hit up the island. Ralph is there. There's another character who we never figure out his real name, but he says that people used to call him Piggy in school. He's fat. He's got glasses. He's the kind of quote unquote smart one of the group, mm. the scientific one who's rational and using reason. And but he also has asthma. But he has this shrouded, or like you know, who is he? Really? You know, and doofy kind of got, nerdy he's guy. Like, uh, you know, Tyler Durden. <laughs> well, maybe not that far. He's he's social, he's socially ostracized throughout the thing because he's fat, because he's got glasses, and because he has asthma, and he's sort of a nerd. And so he's like. People call me Piggy. And then Ralph, of course, because he's an 11-year-old, mm-hmm. laughs and laughs and laughs and makes fun of him. And Piggy's like, but I, you said you wouldn't do that if I told you. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. They meet some other kids. They find – so this is the first kind of big symbol. Maybe and he's people the pronounce it, of the group then. What's that? So maybe he's the Chucky of the group then. Back to the Rugrats. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched Rugrats, so I can't form what? the uh, – Man, I just saw a clip on. I just because that was a huge one for me. Uh, I I actually did. I, I uh, told Emily I my first concept of time was built around Rugrats because I watched it so much. My my mom was able to communicate to me how long something would be in blocks of Rugrats episodes. <laughs> so it's like if we're gonna take this drive, how long is it? You know, like how long are we gonna be in the car? It's like oh, it's gonna be. It's going to be two and a half Rugrats episodes. So that's going to be, it's going to be like almost an hour, you know, like. That's incredible. <laughs> so we've got, uh, they find this shell, which some people pronounce it conch and some people pronounce it conch. Do you know what that is? It's yeah, like one of those yeah, big yeah. swirly oh, shells. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the spon- so they find is that. Is it in SpongeBob, the, con- the magic conch shell or something? We're yeah. going all into the, the references today, especially the children's ones. Yes, the conch. The conch, conch. I'll pronounce it both ways for those of you that are like, it's pronounced this way. Yeah, we probably got some coastal listeners that are like, wow, it's actually conch. Yeah, it's oh, actually yeah. honk, honk. <laughs> Too conk. <bad>. The <laughs> honk. So they find Please that. say honk every time you have to say it. <laughs> yeah, just fill in your own. Sorry. Ralph, uh, Ralph finds it. Piggy's like, oh, you can use that. And you can blow on it and it makes a big sound and we can call mm. all the other boys together. Yeah. So... Already, they're trying to figure out how to organize. Everybody comes out of the woodwork. Little kids, older boys. They kind of get divided into two groups, the biggins and the little ones who are younger. And then the older ones are sort of like 11, 12. The younger ones might be five or six. Um, Good God. But this whole other group comes up dressed in all black. They're like a group of choir boys led by this kid, Jack, who they kind of stick together because mm-hmm. they're, they, they are the only ones that all know each other. 
All the other ones are kids scattered from all over the country. Interesting. So the first thing they do is figure out who, who's going to be chief. And Jack, it was funny to me because I was reading it and he was like, well, I'm head of the choir and I can sing C sharp, so I should be chief. Like these very, very juvenile reasons that allow you to be What a lead in. Leader. Hi, my name is Dan and uh, I'm coming for your job. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I'm Dan, I'm going to run this place. <laughs> my name is Jack and I can sing C sharp and so I'm the chief. <laughs> Good opener. But uh, it seemed kind of like a symbolic, to me at least, maybe nobody else read into this, but like a metaphor for like, what are the qualifications you have to be a leader? Is it the charisma? Is it your background? Is it what you're involved in? Because Ralph eventually becomes the chief because they're like, oh, he found the conch. He brought everybody together. Time tells. And so he already had the... Yeah, he fixed all the problems. So they decide they're going to scout the island. Ralph comes up with the idea of, oh, well, we should build a fire up at the top of the mountain because we need to have a smoke signal, We like if somebody's coming around. And then all the kids just go buck wild. They're like, a fire! And just run off. Huh? And Piggy's pissed because he's like, well, we also need to build shelters. And like- This is a lot of work to do. Yeah. Like we can't just be going- And like yeah. the little kids are playing in the swimming pools and they're, they're running gonna chasing- They're going to die. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff oh, going God. on. That's how I feel right now in the middle of moving. <laughs> You're just all over the place. Yeah. Kittens running around in the middle. Of the- <laughs> There's so many things to do. I felt really bad for Piggy in this moment because he has asthma also, so he can't run up with the rest of him. You start to see the disparity. Mm. Are the characters, like, do they have a lot of backstory? None. None. And that's, again, the criticism of, gotcha. like, what's this? It's yeah. more about what they each represent. So, obviously, you can see Piggy kind of represents the the rational, like, well, but this is what's important. And he has all the knowledge of what's going yeah. on. yeah. And then, so when they get to the top of the mountain, they're like, but wait, how do we start a fire? And then they're like, oh, Piggy has glasses. So um, they yeah. so they use yeah. them to put the light on so that it creates a little bit of smoke because they're just fumbling around being like, well, I think you rubbed two sticks or, you know, so even though he's the weakest it's and the, God. Most the, the most potentially useless character, he has all the information, but you kind of need him with Ralph to corral the troops. Yeah. Jack is like... Well, well, what are, what are we gonna do? And and so Ralph, in his you know leadership wisdom, is like you can you can be the hunters, you know mm. you can be the tribe of yeah. hunters, and you can hunt stuff. Look and they're that. like ah, they love it, and they go make face painting, like, perfect, sharpen sticks, War and all paint. that stuff. Yeah, comes back they later to bite them. Animals. What's that? Said to become absolute animals. Exactly. Yeah, they're just like blah, 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 going go. crazy. Let them loose. Piggy kind of has a monologue that's like, look, like we said we were going to have some people build shelters and some people do this and some people hunt. And the second Ralph said fire, everybody ran way up to the top of the mountain. And now it's nighttime. Like we need to figure some stuff out here. So everyone panicked. And uh, now what? But nobody likes Piggy because he's weird. And so, but the problem is so that this conk comes back into play because they come up with the rule of like, if you're holding it, you're the one that can talk. Right. Because it's just too crazy. Yeah. But whenever Piggy has it, nobody respects that and nobody listens ah. to him. Ah. It's very, very sad. But it's, again, there nobody that's like, but he has all the right ideas. Ralph, and that's the thing, and he and Ralph, Ralph are okay, close. Yeah. They kind of recognize him. Okay. Um, but Ralph is still kind of mean to him. And he told everybody his name hmm. was Piggy. And he was like, why did you do that? Like, now everybody calls him Piggy. You never know his name, his real name in the whole book. Jesus. They end up making the huts on the beach. Jack, like I said, with his band of choir boys, kind of goes crazy and savage, and they're running around the island trying to hunt stuff, trying to find these pigs. 
Good but God, nobody's helping. Lost boys going out crazy, mm-hmm. running around yeah. like Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Hook, no pirates, though. <laughs> Put um, it in the email. People got to know. <laughs> but there's nobody helping Piggy with these shelters, or they're all running around playing games, trying to collect fruit, which they need to eat. But he's like, we need to build this stuff, and everybody's running off. And this there's another character who comes in, Simon, who's kind of like this Christ figure, who's the most woke of them all, but he seems sort of crazy. But he goes and finds this secret place in the island to be by himself. And he he's just kind of going with the flow, talking to himself, doesn't really involve himself and stuff, but he sort of disappears and has a secret place in that he doesn't hang out with people very much. <laughs> there um, I'd go. <laughs> there you are, the Simon character. <laughs> to the recess into my own madness. Um, Stare at the wall. <laughs> Off in the distance. He comes back much later, though, to kind of undo everything. That, oh, that I know. That's, why. <laughs> that's me. I don't know. That's just what I'm guessing. That's why I said there I am. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see his fate in a moment. I can't wait. So they're chaos across the island. Not terrible, but nobody's really doing what they said they were supposed to be doing to kind of create what's going on. Ralph sees a ship off in the distance. And somebody was supposed to be making sure that the smoke was always going on. He looks up, there's no smoke. And they're like, well, what in the world is going on? Oh, God. Some of Jack's characters were supposed to be doing that, but they're off gallivanting all over the place hunting. And so and getting they, in touch with their absolute animal Animal <laughs> side. And because it's fun. It's like, we're dudes. We're out in the forest. We're hunting. We're <laughs> bloodlust. Yeah. Good God. Could you um, imagine running across that? If you were hiking and just running into a, a tribe of ravenous children or... <laughs> They used to be civilized, but it's been a minute. It's been literally 24 <laughs> hours. And they're already. No, that, one of the 24 hours, it already looks like they've been out there for six months. Yeah. <laughs> because there's no parents. They, they're like looking for parental advice or they're trying to think of like, well, what would a parent do? And Piggy even says like, how do you know? Because Ralph's whole thing is like, oh yeah, my dad's in the Navy. Like he'll come save us. And Piggy's like, how would he know where we are? And Ralph in the book is, he says, literally, he's like, well, because, because, like, he has no, because he's a kid, he has no concept. He's like, oh, yeah, my dad will come save me. And Piggy's just like, why? They didn't know where we were when we crashed. Why would they, why would they know where we are? So that kind of looms over the whole book. And over time, you get this sense of dread of like, they're trying to be adults. It's like being dropped off at college. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) you you spill something on your floor and like, who's going to clean this up? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I will, I well, guess. There's no one? Oh, there's no one. Mm-hmm. And Ralph <laughs> bears this responsibility in throughout the book. And he's like, it was interesting because he, because he's the, the sort of rational, natural leader when he's like, I don't have time to think about what to do because people are like, what are we going to do? And then he says a fire and people just run off and build the fire. So he calls the assembly again up there and he's like, look, we saw a boat. Nobody was here doing this. You fools were off hunting. If we're ever going to be rescued, we need to have this smoke constantly because yeah. this is this is what we should be doing. And yeah. then over time, it all gets lost to where it's like nobody cares about the smoke at all. And he's like, oh, but this is literally the only thing we should be doing. Yeah, it's like the we only need to survive. thing that's going to get you out of there. And Piggy has his monologue. They break his glasses because there's a scuffle up there, but he calls an assembly up there and things sort of get back together a little bit. The problem is the, the it comes up that these little kids are scared of a beast. 
thing because they're little kids and they have nightmares and they're whatever. And so this rumor gets spread around them of like, oh, there's a monster in the woods and like we need to have a group that's defending us from oh, this I monster. Know, I like that. That's cool. And I definitely so, like in this kind of like sociopolitical metaphor that there is the, the concept of the other. Mm-hmm. That was hope. Yeah. Because I was very much inward focused. So I'm glad that there is this like total other. Yeah. And we'll explain that ties into the title of the book as well. Mm. And Ralph is like, at this point, this is about the middle of the book. He's like, what would the grownups do? I wish we could just have a sign from the grownups of what's happening. So the start of the next chapter, they're all asleep in their huts and whatever. And there's a plane overhead, a part of this war, this ambiguous war where Mm -hmm. a pilot ejects and is killed and is a parachutist and collapses into the middle of the forest in the island dead, of course. But now there's just this guy slung up by the ropes like swaying because I'm of the wind. It, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the dead guy. Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> but it's this ironic. Just... <laughs> it's this ironic. Like, oh, we want a sign from the grown-ups. Oh, here's a dead grown-up <laughs> because of the war here's that your they're having. Yeah, here's your sign, literally. <laughs> but the sign is also how messed up the grown-ups. The grown-ups are having their own war yeah. to deal with. They're just as clueless as you are, kids. Yeah. So now there's this uh, dead parachutist in the forest that's just left, and you don't know what's going to happen with that. So they decide to hunt the beast. Just and, a decomposing hanging bounty. Yeah. <laughs> so with a to giant parachute that's billowing around, not going to scare a bunch of kids at all. Um, we'll come back to that. <laughs> this two, these two twins that are supposed to be on the smoke signal stuff, mm-hmm. and they're up there goofing around. They they're idiots. They let the fire. God. Uh, they let the fire go down. Never going to get out of here. <laughs> they both fell asleep at the same time. They pop up see this billowing thing and the whatever they just haul took us down the mountain being like there's a beast abandon your job yeah (laughs) completely and uh just run into the forest they go back down to the shelter and they're like he had fangs and claws and he was whatever and he was right behind us and yeah they're just mad yeah well (laughs) it was funny because in the description of the story william golding doesn't describe it as such they see the thing and then they run but then of course when they get down to the thing it's horrible yeah yeah, it's horrible and it's whatever children that's what it felt like that's not what it was Mm -hmm. he does a good job (laughs) of having the balance of the the, the beauty of the nature and what's going on and then from the kids perspectives of how they're seeing things and then from the internal monologue of ralph let me just there we go (laughs) i like that yeah i like it and so I'm properly frustrated on and, and, and pleased on all the proper fronts. So now there's even more dissension because still they're not following up on the smoke. Jack's hunting has gone insane now where he's like, we got to catch a pig. We got to do this stuff. What if we started hunting the clouds? They're always there. That doesn't mean we can't reach them. Basically. Nikki, <laughs> hand me that stick. Sharpen it quickly. <laughs> So they're running all over the place. Another symbol that's happening is the hunters start to tie up their hair back to the side so they can paint their faces. But Ralph still has his hair as it's growing out. And so it's mm-hmm. a metaphor for him losing sight and losing vision and his, and his savagery and him not making sense of things because his hair is long and it's constantly, he's Ralph. having to brush it out of his face or it's covering his eyes. It's He's constantly messing with it. Wow. So people interpret that's that cool. as a yeah. symbol for him losing that awareness. And he even forgets Piggy has to remind him. He's like, hey, Ralph, what about the smoke? And Ralph's like, oh yeah, the smoke. Like he's forgetting wow. even what he's trying to accomplish because of all these other things that are going on. It's like people who get stuck in Congress. 
Right. I'm only going for two terms, and I'm, that, I'm doing my work, and I'm coming home to Michigan. Been there for 30 years. Never lived in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're hunting for these pigs. They find the parachute guy. Ralph sees it as well. It's in the darkness. Everybody loses their minds. They're oh. like, oh, yeah, there's definitely a beast. I love this. It's all, it's, yeah, the, everybody's convinced that it is. Piggy's having to tend to the little ones down in the shelters so he doesn't see it or know what's going on. But they're like, we really got to go after this. Jack calls an assembly for the first time and is like, look, this is what's important. He leaves to go hunt for this beast. They get a pig and stick it on a, on a stick, his head on a stick. <laughs> And then go take the rest of the meat down. And at this point, it's become a two-sided thing where it's Piggy and Ralph. And then the twins are with them. And Jack's Mm. slowly creating his own hunter's group with all the other older boys. A faction. And then Simon, this mysterious kid, is uh, off on his own. Mm -hmm. He sees the pig head that they've put up on the stick. And there's a weird chapter where he's sort of talking to his pig head. This is what I'm here for. Um, Let's go, Simon. And the pig head is talking to Simon and the pig head is like, Simon. oh, you thought the beast was something that you could hunt and kill? Simon realizing like, oh, they are the problem. Mm -hmm. Like everybody is creating their own madness. Lord of the Flies is, is the direct translation for the word Beelzebub, which was one of the princes of Satan in the Old Testament. That's Mm -hmm. what Lord of the Flies is. And then there's flies buzzing around the pig's head. Simon also then sees the parachutist unfazed and is like, oh, that's what it was. So then we shift back down to the beach where they're cooking this pig and Jack has now created his own group. So now they're up on Castle Rock on their own thing in their own tribe and Ralph and Piggy go up there. Scuffle happens. Uh, It starts to rain Simon comes back down off of the mountain, crawling in, and everybody's just so freaked out that they just kill him because they think he's the beast. Yeah. And it's a madness of what's going on. But also in the moment, Ralph and Piggy halfway through realize it, but there's nothing you can do anymore. So his body falls off the cliff, goes out into the ocean. I think Sam and Eric were doing something else, but Ralph and Piggy come back and they realize what they had done. And they kind of admit, they're like, oh, yeah, but that was Simon. But everybody was doing it, that whole Mm -hmm. confusion of like, but we just killed – Piggy's freaked out about it. He's like, we killed a kid, you know. Yeah. And also at the very, very beginning with the whole fire smoke thing, there was some little kid that they also couldn't find. And so now that's haunting Piggy as well because they're like, now we've got two bodies on our hands. We just never talked about them because it happened at the very beginning when everybody was running up the to the right. top to be like, a fire, let's make a fire. And they kind of burned half the forest fooling around and then Good this God. kid just disappeared. Or is Tim? Who? Yeah, they're just like, well, we, don't, we don't know. And Piggy's like, no, like this that's is it. No, we don't we mention it in the rest of the book <laughs> until it comes back. It's like, oh, yeah, another dead kid. Oh, yeah, the other kid that I thought <laughs> might be dead. Is he? probably yeah (laughs) so this is really weighing on them and piggy's like we've got the the conch we hold the power and at this point the whole thing is dissolving ralph is like that doesn't matter at all so they go to sleep and jack's group that's up on castle rock they're like well we can't make a fire for ourselves without the glasses Hmm. so they go in and raid their thing and steal piggy's glasses Piggy thinking they're trying to get this shell. 
being confused about where the power actually is, but they go take his glasses, representing the sight and the clarity of the situation. So now Piggy is blind. He can't hardly see at all. He's also got asthma and he's well, fat. It's also the tangible tool from the real world. It is a, it's like the resource. It's like mm-hmm. the oil. It is the, it's the man. It's what we need. You know, yeah. it's, the, it's the thing. And it's the thing we're going to, it in this situation is the inherent, we need fire. Yeah. Uh, but that could be replaced for anything in any other kind of conflict and as it's far interesting as just like because, the resource. Yeah. The fire that, that Ralph wants is for the smoke and the fire that Jack wants is to cook the pig, a tangent yeah. from even what matters yeah. at this point because yeah. they have fruit. They've been eating crabs or shrimps or whatever. They don't really need to go hunting. He was losing sight. And Ralph is saying, oh, I- Fear and panic taking hold and just blinding you. Yeah. And it's more fun. That's the other thing. That's why people are gravitating towards Jack because he's like, oh, I'm a great chief. I'm destroying stuff. We're having a grand old time. We're all over the place. You're in touch with maybe your, you know, your nature side and just, you know, your instincts of what to do in a survival mm-hmm. situation. But that doesn't mean that you, you know what to do in societal situations or how to keep order or justice or peace. And Ralph's like, the goal is to get home. We could do, right. we could, we could do this get forever, found. but then we're going to die on this island. I don't want to die on this island. Right. We could figure out a way to sustain ourselves on this island, but I'm trying to Wait, get is off. this what we're – are we going to maintain – sustain this? Yeah. No, like we should no. be – Yeah. <laughs> Keep that fire going so plain we'll see us. Yeah. So he's – and he's also pissed because he's saying that we would let you lo- use the glasses. Right. If you had just asked us, but Ask. instead you came in like crazy people and raided the place, punched Piggy in the face. Letting the fear grow to some wild level that is so beyond the reality of the situation, then it just blinds you. I mean, that, that just happens in human interaction in any on any scale and level, but it, it's real and it can ruin relationships based even on just minuscule things. Mm-hmm. After all that happens, they're like, well, we got to go confront him. So this is the climax of the thing. Simon is dead. The random kid is dead. Good They're God. up on the thing. And so it's just the, dead tw- kids. the twins. That's the t- what we're here for, ladies and gentlemen, dead kids. And we're going to talk about it. And it's getting worse. The twins are now a part of Jack's clan because they, they factioned over to the other side. Um, and so it's God. just, it's just Ralph. And the Pig- rift is deep. It's just Ralph and Piggy rolling up uh. and, uh, they're like, look, you got to give him back his glasses. Piggy can't see anything. They're up on this edge of this cliff, whatever. And the one who controls the fire controls the future. And so we Ralph, need the space for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Ralph and Jack fight about it. Ralph sticking up for Piggy. So there's this Roger character who's been all about killing stuff, kind of an unbridled violence, just yeah. off the wall. He's yeah. always about hunt. He's even more. He's taken Jack's idea of just hunting and gone with it. So now Kill Piggy's everything down here on, on the island, <laughs> and they're fighting. He levers this the huge Mad Max caravan electric guitar blasting while they just blaze the forest. Yeah. <laughs> basically. So he's at that place mentally, heaves this huge rock, kills Piggy. God, on the side. this rock falls. It's the most graphic. Well, it's not the most graphic, but it for for the book and leading up to that point, you're like, oh my god! It just crushes his Piggy skull and stuff falls out and like. You're like, oh, uh. and everybody sees it. And now this is where the floodgates unopened because Piggy was the last bastion of, yeah, kill them all. of sight and awareness. And now it's just Ralph versus everybody. Who's going to make it? Yeah, yeah. So God. he heard, he was, he sneaks away and was talking to the twins and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to create an all out manhunt in the morning for you. You got to find a place to hide. And Ralph's like, okay, well, I'm going to hide in this thicket that's close mm-hmm. to where the hideout mm-hmm. is because they want, they're not going to be looking right next to it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So then, turns out, in the morning, they go out on an all-out manhunt. Ralph is trapped alone. They start burning everything to try and get him because they know where he is because they Sam and Eric told on him. So they're running through the forest trying to chase him. Ralph's just on a, on a rampage trying to get out of there, trying to figure out how he can escape. Is he going to climb a tree? Is he going to go here and there? Ends up on the beach face down as they're chasing after him through the forest, looks up to see a naval officer in a suit. He's like, hey, what's going on here? All of these savage British boys rush down the hill onto the beach. And he's like, oh, we saw the smoke because now the whole island is on fire. So that's the irony of this savagery. They just exploded the whole island. And so that's how the, this ship was able to see the smoke off in the distance. And you just keep the fire going. Yeah. And looks and looks at it Big and sees these fun. kids. And he's like, oh, you know, thought you'd do An better indigenous than this. tribe. No. <laughs> Well, he's like, I thought you'd do better than this. And he references, so we'll get into this at the end, but he says, oh, what is this like Coral Island, which was a famous book before Lord of the Flies. Mm. So Ralph is like, no, we like, he's like, how many were lost? And Ralph says two. And the guy sees the, the reality of what actually happened. He's like, oh, like two kids actually died here. Everybody, all the kids start weeping and sad and like immediately revert back to, oh, we're just kids. Here's the adult presence. Mm -hmm. And in the description, William Golding keeps, starts referring to them again as kids and looking up to this person. And the naval officer looks back to his ship off in the distance and the book ends with Good that. God. So, so it doesn't end well with a bunch of kids crying on the beach and this naval officer being like, well, now I'm in charge, but maybe I'm just as that like the irony of yeah. okay well we're going to take these kids onto the ship but who's going to save me from the warship that i'm on yeah so a lot of people don't and that's the way the book ends but a lot of people don't like that you can ending. be saved and never at all or what's that you can be saved and never be saved at all yeah so and like, that's the kids make it out of there not for the sake for the, the the few who don't but the kids make it out of there but they are definitely going you know they have to handle what just happened and that will change that will change them and and so they're rescued out of their situation but the med the allegory there of the naval officer being in the same situation just on a global scale who's coming to rescue him and it's not over when he gets when he goes home either yeah and you look at and they're looking to him from being like oh what would the grown-ups do and he's just looking at his commanding officer well, what did they do? and then his commanding officer looks at the general what do they do and then they look to the head of the department what do they do and look, mm -hmm. and it's just at the end of the day somebody decides to put that that kind of faith and power in you that's where does the power lie and how that transfers and can we be confused about what it means and where it actually does and lay? where it comes from so the yeah. whole thing with this book coral island like i mentioned which the naval officer in the book is like, oh, this is like Coral Island. So that was even before Treasure Island. Yeah, well, it's more, tell me more about Coral Island. Yeah, yeah. it was before um, Robinson Crusoe. So this book came out in 1858. Good Lord. And it was a classic kids adventure, stopping pirates, sort of strange because they're also converting indigenous people to Christianity. Just all the great tropes of, you know, kids being paragon virtuous, good British kids in yeah. society. Yeah. And it was well recognized before William Golden came out with this book in, in that children's adventure, good moral story. Mm -hmm. So this was a huge contrast to that. And the fact that he throws a barb at it, people might even consider this a parody, 
or the antithesis of that, but there's a lot more thematic elements that he's playing around with. But the big thing that he wants to address is where does the the evil come from? Mm-hmm. Like we said, where the pig head saying like, it's, it's here, like you're hunting, you think you could hunt the beast, yeah. like it was a thing. And so previous to William Golding, a lot of philosophical folks who were siding with Rousseau, who's talking about, is it the societal structure that creates the evil, which is why William Golding throws these good British kids into an island that is a perfect island paradise. Right, right. And then just madness occurs. Nobody's the enforcing anything them. upon them. And in fact, they are trying to create these born out of them. Yeah. So he's well, not, I, I, I don't I see I go it. straight Some back to Christian. I mean, well, you know, I, if Adam and Eve and the apple. Original sin, yeah, exactly. Original so that's sin, another exactly, theme. Exactly. Yeah, what's what's going on here? Is it innate and you actually have to work through it? You have to actually find your ethics and morals within each other? Is it coming from a particular system? Or, you know, th- so that's right. what he's playing around with and in opposition to. Another one that is closely related. Are we is, inherently evil and do we have to, do we have to consciously work against it? Mm-hmm. Is that, you know... So heart of heart of darkness plays around with that. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Joseph Conrad's kind of what Apocalypse Now is based yeah, off of. Yeah, yeah. That was a short novel that came out where he has no, to go no, find, no, and then no, is no. the evil. Maybe we'll cover that life. one day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, I, and then I'll revisit the movie. There we go. Hmm. Yeah. Preview. <laughs> Upcoming attractions. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll just have to stick around for that, won't you? Mm, subscribe. So a lot of these themes come about, but it's the it's the question of is it innate in somebody? To have the capacity right. for evil and what? How does that manifest in different you can people? Hold, and can can you hold both? Yes, you know, like uh, yeah. And, but what what will come out? Who knows? You know. And what are the realms of different people? So somebody was saying, uh, you know, maybe this is also a metaphor for learning to in our own lives support the people like Ralph yeah. because he's struggling with I can't be wise so quickly. I'm trying to come up with stuff, but I just wish I knew and listen to Piggy more. Respect Piggy. Listen to him. Control Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the and, things. But And it's like, and Jack is good. And so, but that doesn't mean he's good at everything and should be given free reign. But he, he shouldn't be this, cheap. But he should be reign. You know, there should be limitations and, mm-hmm. and, and constraints. But And he can do amazing things in that facet. Yeah. He doesn't. He can't also be chief. Piggy can't also be right. chief. And Not Ralph everybody can't can be hunt. everything. Yeah. So don't hand him everything just because he's really good at one thing. You know, it's like that doesn't mean he can be the lead. You know, like. Mm-hmm. But it. But it takes. He, we need that piece of him, and we need that piece of Piggy, and we need that piece of Ralph for it all to work. And it's where you start cutting those corners and saying, "I can do. Well, I know how to do." It. It's where I you can start doing C that. Sharp. Yeah. yeah, I should be the chief. <laughs> Uh, but when you start doing that and cutting those corners and cutting those people out, that seems to me like maybe that's where some of the evil might be born. The, not not to, not being able to take to take input and ideas and being you know work with one another, work with your common man, and being able to see something from their perspective, not giving them everything, but understanding it what it is for their plight, mm-hmm. where they're coming from, so that you can kind of help meet their middle you can kind of get what they need you can get what you need and find some sort of some some compromise in the middle that gets both but you can only do that if you're listening to them yeah it's it's an interesting i i was i just really enjoyed at the end where the adult comes into the picture yeah a lot of people saw it as like oh this is it if you're looking at it purely from the story perspective you're like oh well this is a cheap ending of course they get saved 
at the last minute randomly and it's like well it's not well, random. I imme- it was- no i immediately go to like well how old is the guy am i, am I looking at a 19 year old child basically you know as far as this this officer this naval officer am i mm-hmm. looking at just another child am i looking at someone's child absolutely am i looking at somebody who was in these kids shoes not too long ago absolutely just mm-hmm. he's just a little bit further down the road on a global scale in the same situation. Yeah. That's immediately what I go to. It's like, and him, because I think him without saying a word could exhibit that of being like, oh, Oh no! Yeah. You know, like now I have to be in charge of these kids, but I'm not in charge. Any, it's like, and that's I why look at my, he looks back to his ship off the off in the distance, and it's like, what in right. the world? Yeah, exactly. No, and I, I think that I perfectly the look to the kids to himself, look to his superior. You know, the 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 meta the the metaphor for the chain of command. Yeah, the power. He, he's just immediately looking up the chain. So from a personal perspective, William Golding, school teacher in England, then World War II, boom, he's in it. He was part of the Royal Navy Mm. and actually commanded a landing ship on D-Day. Oh, wow. And uh, That's that's, that's amazing, actually. and And then came back and then he wrote this book and then came out in 54. And like I said, it didn't do very well at all. And then over time, people were like, oh, this is tight. But, uh, yeah, and going back to, I'm just glad he did write what he knew because it's like, it seems very obvious, like, where all of his inspiration is coming from. And he's just speaking to that. And he's got to know something about chain of command and how communications break down and, and seeing and what children. That leads to. Yeah. In children and in, in war and how seeing directly how they are alike and dissimilar and how. What did I, you I see in your, what did you see in your research? Because, so we talked, because just to recap for people, we talked about how. This book influenced a lot of these themes, yeah. which hadn't necessarily been brought up to the extent that they did, or in such graphic detail that William Golding did. But everybody's mostly familiar with Hunger Games at this point, mm-hmm. which is certainly a story in the lineage of these kind of stories. But you said you watched a more interesting. Yes. Uh, so Battle Royale is whereas Lord of the Flies seems a little bit more uh, third person looking at socioeconomical chain of command and communication political, and how that breaks yeah. down. Political, absolutely. Uh, Battle Royale takes takes a similar kind of situation and really puts it down to the emotion between high schoolers. Like it really does come down, like it sets up immediately. They're all in high school and they're all in a class together. They get kidnapped basically uh, and thrown into this program that, is run, it's very if if you've seen Hunger Hunger Games, it's it's similar to there is like some sort of ongoing crisis war, some global war happening, and they have some sort of like game going on where they have a winner, and that's how kind of the whole thing starts, where it's like this like this girl that's just like covered in blood, and she's just pronounced the winner of of this this year's program. Yeah, and so we follow these high schoolers. Uh, I think they're going on a basketball you know trip or something, and they they get drugged on their Greyhound and they wake up at this program facility where they are going to be forced to fight to the death and it turns out their high school principal or something is the guy running the whole thing and he has been running everything and it's kind of been leading up to want like it's way more focused on kid on these kids and I think behavior in general like whereas Lord of the Flies is more like we said sociopolitical you know third Mm -hmm. this is more about the personal of like like you, you, you might end up 
being murdered by your crush just because that is that is the game of it. Did That's you see anything how this translated to Hunger Games? Oh, absolutely. I actually I'm amazed that Hunger Games hasn't been under more scrutiny for being similar. <laughs> Uh, because it, it seems so it seems so spot on, but Hunger Games is the the Hollywood franchise version of it, the PG thirteen version of it. Whereas Battle Royale, well, the book, is, the book, the Hunger Games book, I felt like left a lot to the imagination, which made it more chilling than the movies did. And that's what I that's what I'd heard too, because I had like my my high school principal had read them all, so like I was talking about it with adults mm-hmm. um, at the time that they that they were out and popular, and when the movies were going to be coming out, they hadn't yet come out. And that was the impression that I got, was that it was a little bit more, at least it left it up to your imagination, a little bit more, mm-hmm. a little bit more gritty, but then the movies don't go there at all. And then Lord of the Flies has two movies that were made, one in the 60s and one in the 90s. And the 60s one is black and white. It's pretty slow. And then the 90s one changes it and they're Americans and it's a Marine that finds them mm. and it's an American war. So I feel like it kind of misses that cultural reason that the yeah. book was made yeah. also it, very interesting they're they're talking about making an all-female version for hollywood hmm. last year they were talking about that that was in the talks but those are the other kind of references that come about from this from this book wait i, I just feel i feel like and this might be a totally different side topic but i feel if you did the all-female version you'd just have to rethink it top to bottom mm-hmm. well that's why i was interested Absolutely. in them in them saying that because it was like I mean, you'd have to address the 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 gender energy differences between. So here's something I mean, interesting. Just if you want right to, off the start, I just think it would be a different plot yeah. altogether. If I you mean, want to it could still accomplish the same things, maybe, mm-hmm. but I just feel like it would have it would just go in wildly different directions. If you want to look up on YouTube, I'll put links, but it'll also be in the email, or you could just look it up. I don't know what who did it in Britain. It wasn't the BBC, but they did a kind of like a documentary experiment. So there's one called Boys Alone, where they take Ooh. 10, 11, and 12-year-old boys and just put them in a house for five days with all the food they need, all the amenities, all the whatever, and just see what happens. Interesting. It's an hour-long documentary I bet on it's YouTube. a complete horror show. Yeah. Well, so, and then they did another one called Girls Alone a year uh, later where they do 10 I bet girls. it's probably a little, a little nicer. Maybe, well, maybe it's funny. more like brutal. And you like look a, at the comments and it's like, for the, for, the, for, the, for the girls alone, it's like, let's do a talent show. And for the boys alone, it's like, let's poke this hedgehog with a stick. Yeah. Yeah. Like you look at the difference in the Let's boys' house. with the pots and pans in the front yard. The boys' house and the girls' house. The boys' house is just trash. Just ho- <laughs> holes in the wall, stuff ripped up. There's a lot more alliances formed. From what I could tell, I didn't watch much of all of them. But like with the boys' thing, there was much more of a this group, that group, ostracized individuals. Dividing power. And it was very much, they became friends very quickly and enemies very quickly. <laughs> and with the girls... There was a more interwoven, complex layer of betrayal and subterfuge, mm-hmm. and who mm-hmm. was doing what. Mm-hmm. And that's that what kind I was kind of meaning. I was like, it would be intense on a totally different level. And their house was not level, nearly yeah. as destroyed. <laughs> and you just look in the because there's cameramen following them around. They're not. It's not like set up cameras. So they are, there are adults in the room, sure. but. You just look in it's any given reality. shot of the boys alone, and there's just somebody wrestling or shoving somebody, or there's just some <laughs> sort of physical violence being initiated at any point in the documentary. They'll just be filming somebody else, this kid that it's was assigned to wash the, the dishes, and out the window, you'll see some kid jabbing somebody <laughs> in the stomach with a broom. <laughs> but yeah, I'd look into that. But I, 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 yeah, it is interesting how I would think it I would think change you could, the- you could, if you could break down the book, 
and say, well, what is the book doing narratively? What is it accomplishing scene to scene? Just if you take it at the broadest strip possible, and but then you go, are, I yeah. need to accomplish that. But it's got to be a girl. You can take your, your inciting incident, and then it's probably going to just be different from there on out. Well, the devil's but advocate would say follow? that that's it may be kind of sexist because it's diminishing the fact that women would be not responsible for violence or savagery or would be lesser because that they're lacking be in that. There. Right. I'm not saying that wouldn't be that there wouldn't be major similarities even between the plots. I'm just like at at times. I'm just saying that different things would happen For entirely. Sure. Like it, uh, I'm not I'm not saying that it would. I th- I think it sure it, it would definitely be violent. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think you can get through this situation without the violence. I don't think you can accomplish it narratively without the violence. Yeah. I think that's inherent in it. So if you know that's where you've got to go, that's where you've got to go. I it would I would be of a different. Air, it would be. Mm-hmm. I just feel it would be different every moment. Every moment would be tangibly different. So we'll see what happens if that movie does get made here in the next couple of years. That'd be fascinating. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to, just to touch back more on Battle Royale. This one goes. The whole thing is just about trust and never just knowing exactly where somebody stands. Mm -hmm. Because they might say one thing and do another. They might say one thing, think another. They might say something and believe it and then do something else. And it it can go any other way. It can fall any way. And so in this situation, they are not allowed to form groups, really. Like that is the antithesis of, of the point is like there's one winner, which... Sounds exactly like <laughs> like Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, and so, so in Battle Royale, they're following a group that tries not to divide the whole way. And spoiler alert, they succeed, but by the skin of their teeth. Um, but uh, uh, that that becomes the crux of it is is trust. Can are we? Can I trust you? You and me together. Can I actually trust you? Or can we make where we are not allowed to form sides and form uh, alliances? Can I say, and you mean it back to me, that we do have an alliance, and does that mean what it means? Yeah. Uh, so it, it goes a little bit, a little bit deeper than it's not deeper, but just a different look of, of of this type of situation of really the kind of the more paranoia of mm. do can I trust you? Right. Can I trust myself? Even at times, it comes up of of when I'm put in that situation, am I going to make the the decision I know I should make? Uh, so it, it's a little bit more gritty and it certainly is bloody and violent. So it's a little bit, it's just a little bit more rough. I think with both of these stories, the, the thing that always gets at the forefront of my mind is what would I do or what would you do? Mm -hmm. Also because we wish that we were not Jack in Lord of the Flies, or we wish we weren't the person that just lopped off somebody's head or caved or there's really, there's four main characters, three main characters in Lord of the Flies You'd probably be one of the people that was following Jack. Yeah. You'd be one of the 40 other boys that were just going along with it. Yeah. Or whatever it might be. And that's the unfortunate truth. But until you can recognize that, it's difficult for you to do anything else. You're fooling yourself if you're like, no, I would have saved everybody. There's Mm -hmm. only one person that can can save everybody. Can you be really honest with yourself and and really put yourself through the ringer on, on all of that context and really know that you would be standing right there? And just statistically, historically, it's it's not true. No, it's just not. Um, but once you can realize that, you can say, okay, well, what what would I, what will I do? Versus being so self assured that you're always in the right. There's so much that you're not. 
And I think that's, that's, I mean, that speaks to the just importance of storytelling it's because we want to instill these things in younger generations so that by the time they're running the government, <laughs> that we have people with a moral yeah. code doing the right thing for society's benefit. I will um, say with Lord of the Flies, I did wish speaking to the, the eighth grader from the very beginning who did the YouTube video that you saw where he yeah. was complaining <laughs> about how unrealistic it was that they would survive a plane crash. I do wish there was more story. I understand that this is the style of novel that he was doing, mm -hmm. but I would have liked for there to have been more of that and less, oh, I wonder what the hair in his eyes is an allegory for. Yeah. Everything in the story has some other meaning, but it that does render it kind of thin from the narrative perspective. And that's where I think that uh, these other, these auxiliary versions of this, these ideas can help fill in the, like this is a look this is a specific point of view i think battle royale is a bit different like it, this goes more to this speaks more to the interpersonal like high school drama of it but mm -hmm. it's speaking a little bit broader of just like human interpersonal play um hunger games in its own right does a little bit of different they all do different things so if you can kind of if we're in, if you can talk about the concept here of just like tribal situations civil uh just uh, where the capacity for evil comes from. Yeah, yeah, and, and knowing you have the the wherewithal to have both reside within you, and what are you going to employ, and are you going to be astute enough to know when what is happening? Because if you are not, and you just think you're all good all the time, well, it's you're going to slip up, and that that evil is going to get in there, and you, and you you might not even notice it. Mm -hmm. And but you think you're all good, you know. So well, and that's the thing that in Lord of the Flies, they don't realize it until. The whole freaking island is on fire. And two kids are dead. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you don't notice you're slipping into it yeah. until you're a part of the gang. It's and you're like, wait a second, what are we doing? It is hard to change your life. You know, it's in, and uh, this is a pre show conversation, but it's just like once you get going in a direction, you, you won't realize it. But when you do, you might be too far down to really redirect course. Yeah. Um, and, and that just can happen in any facet of your life. But just in terms of other of other media, mm -hmm. uh, just being able to inform other pieces of these concepts, uh, Battle Royale itself has a book and a manga. So if you're into that, there these other versions of there's a whole book. It's way more detailed. They have about like forty characters. Like it's very detailed. Oh, wow. it's a, it goes off, man. And these backstory, like where you don't have the backstories of Lord of the Flies, man. The the book and the manga of Battle Royale goes just knee deep <laughs> just knee deep in in backstory and interpersonal play because that's where the drama of this really sets so where that's not present in lord of the flies that is the center focus of battle royale yeah so if you um, read this in the eighth grade and you hated it or you are in the eighth grade right now and hated it yeah go check out battle royale the book or a manga i'm not sure i'm not i mean they're going to be obviously different but i can't speak to exactly what you might get out of what but you know go to whichever one is your entry point and circle back you yeah. know and go check out the 60s movie or so you know like <laughs> you know it's all going to be kind of yeah. talking about a bigger idea yeah not a silly episode not a silly say. episode it's pretty rough child murder it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty uh it's pretty pretty taut but I think they said it's it's. In the, I read a preface of this book, and he was like, "Oh, you know, it's a serious book, but it shouldn't necessarily be. You shouldn't tell somebody ahead of time like, hey, this is going to be real serious. Right. You need to be serious when you read way this. Way too daunting. It needs to set in naturally. I'm like, oh, this is a book where we put yourself yeah. in it and let it emerge. That is the yeah. that is the horror of it. Is that 
you have it within you. So we hope that we tricked you (laughs) in this episode. You clicked on it and then you were emerged. Yeah, we hope you terrified you this week. Uh, We hope you're riddled with anxieties and paranoia. Um, (laughs) Looking over your shoulder for the next uh, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Do we have an announcement? Yes, we have an announcement. Uh, Tell somebody. If you like us, if you're out there, if you're listening week to week, if you're listening to me right now, why don't you do us a favor? Why don't you just send your favorite episode or talk about talk about something you liked out of our episodes? Recommend us to somebody. Word just of reach mouth. Out. It's on you. We're trusting you. We can't tell that you told somebody, but we hope you do. Yeah. We don't. We will never know if you did it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you will. You'll know. But yeah, it would help us out a lot. Just trying to grow that the word. But we appreciate all the support. We appreciate you listening. And we'll see you, hear you, next week. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.